1: <laughs> you know what I always find funny and I always find like weirdly comforting? Any, not any, but more often than not, if I run into, it's a very specific type of lesbian. Butch leaning, but more like get or done. The kind of like woman you'd want working in your warehouse. The kind of like, like Tina, like head of operations, like. Yeah, I get this a lot when I go to, like, Colorado or, like, Austin. You get these, like, you know, like, I'm a a good person and I, I volunteer and I'm just, I love my tools. The connection that these types of lesbians always feel with my animal and, like, in a weird way, I feel like I, like, I get to, like, lean into it. I'm like, and she was abused. They're like, oh, little baby angel. And then they always, like, lock eyes with the animal, like, you doing okay, little buddy? And, like, I almost feel like I'm fostering this animal and, like, she works for the government and, like, I'm having to give her a full report of, like, what I do for her. Like, I almost feel like there are these tough lesbians out there that automatically are equipped to take care of your animal and you have to, like, prove to them, like, why you're doing a good job. And I always feel very safe with them.
2: (laughs) I will never forget when you had uh, PETA on set with you for something that you shot and, How the fear I felt, because they have to like legally ask all these questions. They're asking me like, while you're filming a hotel commercial, like, what does she eat? What does she do? How often does she go? And I'm like, the right amount. Everything is the right amount. She has a lovely life. Like, please don't take her away. I mean, that's different because
1: it's like, who the fuck are you to tell me how to raise my baby animal? But like, I'll we'll just be out and you run into like a nice lesbian couple and they got their like thick mixed breed pit goldens. And they're like, what's her name? What, and how much she weigh? What's her story? And you tell them, oh, and like, they just are engaged. And I just, I just love it. I just love, I love justifying to a strong lesbian, tough couple. <laughs> I love telling them about my animal and they get involved. They're into it. They connect with that animal.
2: You want their approval.
1: God, I was eating. I'm blanking on the restaurant. I want to say it's in North or South Carolina. Now I can't remember, but I've eaten there twice. And there was like this lesbian out there with her girlfriend or her wife and they had their dogs and they just locked in on Blanche. They're like, tell us about her. Hey, little baby girl. Like," And I was like, well, let let's start from the beginning. <laughs> I'm in. People will listen about your dog all day. They don't want to hear about your kid. I don't <laughs> think anyone... But I did teach Sierra.
2: <laughs> what? What?
1: I taught her to take a sip of water and then go...
2: <sighs> oh, no. <laughs>
1: Real life skill.
2: Yeah. That's what people want. Real refreshing. You're going to teach her to eat carrots on podcast recordings, too?
1: I have, as I told you, when we were getting set up, this whole bag of, like, quote, unquote, like, healthy Cheetos and... It's the only junk food we ever have in the house, and it lasts less than 24 hours. Like, I will finish—how many ounces is this? Seven ounces of these Barbara's jalapeno cheese puffs, and I won't look back.
2: Why are healthy foods always like Amy's, Burritos, Annie's, Mac and Cheese, Barbara's, Health Puffs? They're, like, made with, like, a little less paint.
1: You should be okay. Okay. But it's uh, it's tasty. I'm just like a sniffer. I just sniff around my house. I look for old Christmas chocolate, gifted candies, anything uh, promotional items, anything I can eat that's garbage. And we never have anything. And Noah sticks them in the cupboard high up, thinking I'll forget or I won't check. But I I know I know it's in there.
2: Can you reach that high? I know it's in
1: there. Yeah, use my legs, <laughs> folks. This episode is coming to you hot on February 1st, and if you're listening to it, you might be. In Australia. I am in Australia and you might be listening to it. And tonight, I am playing uh, Melbourne, right? <laughs> and then we're heading to Sydney, doing a couple shows there. This schedule is hard to read in the G calendar, Gmail calendar. <laughs> and then uh, the uh, going to New Zealand, Aotearoa, Kanawa Theater. So come on down. And also, shame on you. To all the people in Brisbane who left me like salty messages. Folks, it gives me hangs. When people are like, see, you didn't come to Brisbane again. It's just you're not, you like me and you're not being nice to me. <laughs> you have to treasure me because it is 16 hours to get to your country. And I appreciate that Brisbane is close, but a couple things. One, there were no large venues available. Okay, I'm not the only performer. Number two, it's not like the conversion rate is great. So, you know, I'm coming there because I want to. Number three, It's hard to get on a plane, even if the distance is short. When you fly in Australia, it's like flying September 10th, 2001. Like it is easy. You can go right up to the gate, but it still takes a lot out of you. And uh, there weren't availabilities in Brisbane. I didn't do it to hurt you. So don't be mean to me. Like this is show business.
2: They need to come see you where you are. You're going to their country. Yeah. Is that fair? I flew 16
1: hours and you won't just like do a hop skip? And also, Perth, I know. You always get left out. Again, it's like five hours away. And, like, I can only moisturize so much. I'm doing my best. Be like, oh, two cities, that's not a tour. Yeah. Okay, so if you only go to one place and you're not a tourist, yeah, you are. (laughs) Talking about the root word. Talking about that root word of tour. Talking about that prefix. People are listening to us and
2: returning their Australia tickets. Just
1: be nice. Like, you're. I thought you were a fan and being mean to me is not going to make me come. but it's, it was out of my hands. A lot of this stuff is beyond my control. I am a mere small sailboat in a tumultuous sea of demands <laughs> and show business. <laughs> All right. You got questions about your best friend. Let's kick it.
2: Hi, Emily and Eliza. Long-time listener, finally, I something to write in about. I am 31, female. My husband is 32. We've been together for six years, married for two years. My issue is with the in-laws. They acted super chill and fun for years. And then when we got married, they unleashed the crazy. My mother-in-law now cries at us on every phone call and when we visit in every social situation. About what, you ask? For example, we were at lunch and I brought up the month of February was coming. And she cried because she knew someone 12 years ago that died in February. So the whole month is a hard time for her now. She finds a reason to be upset at every turn. She has a great life, husband, and rental properties. There's nothing wrong, but yet something is always wrong. And she drives me insane. I hate being around her. I hate being on the phone with her. She triggers my anxiety during every interaction. My father-in-law is almost numb to her at this point. My husband never speaks up. I asked if these things bother him when I'm not around, and he said, yes, absolutely, but he doesn't think it's the hill to die on, and she just is who she is. Their whole family just shoves things under the rug and never has direct, constructive conversations. I am very direct, but don't feel it's my place to say anything or get between them. I feel guilty that I don't want to visit them or participate in phone calls because we spend a lot of time with my mom who lives near us. She's single and emotionally low-maintenance and not insane. We have visited his family in the Midwest about twice a year. Every time I leave, feeling like I'm about to explode. They insist we stay with them, and they truly live an hour from civilization, so staying in a hotel isn't really an option, and it would cause World War III if I suggested this. When I do muster up the energy to have a phone call, she love bombs me. With Miss, you love you. Wish you lived here. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm very fun, but I don't miss you or love you, Kim. (laughs) Sorry for all the Yeah, I'm awesome. <laughs> but my overall question is, now that we are married and I've taken on the obligation of dealing with in-laws that are triggering, how would you suggest balancing this? Is it unacceptable to keep them at arm's length or let him visit without me? Would you do a come to Jesus talk about things that upset you or just hate her in secret, bite your tongue for the two visits a year and compartmentalize these feelings until the end of time? Thanks so much, Caitlin.
1: You don't hate her because she's love bombing you. Like she likes you. She's not no, mean, a, she's no. not abusive. I'm just saying she's like I love miss you. I love is you. A manipulative
2: guys. tactic.
1: No, I, I guess I understand that, but I do get that, but I don't think this woman is like the other side is normally and then that person ghosts you. She's dumping her emotions on you in a way that you're like this isn't normal. Like why are you crying so much? I don't know how old this woman is. I do think hormones are a thing. I know that I get much more emotional now since I've had my daughter. So I don't know. I don't want to suggest that because a woman goes through menopause that she's like out of control. But I do want to put that out there in terms of like some sort of shift. Um, part of it could be attached to maybe her wanting you guys to have kids. Um, is this her only son? It could be about like sort of understanding your mortality. but. All those things aside, I think it's exhausting to like have to sustain and maintain when someone is just using you as an emotional, uh, not as an emotional punching bag, but like as an emotional wall to volley off of, like just back and forth all day. You only see them twice a year. And so you might just have to deal with it. But since it doesn't seem like it's coming from a bad place, like she's not like trying to get like a kidney out of you. I would take her to coffee and be like, are you okay? What's like, ask her, like, are you okay? What's going on? You know, you, you, you'll cry when we're on the phone and I, I just want to check in on you. It might weirdly bring you closer, which might suck for you, but she might say something that you, that doesn't, that sheds some light on this. Because I think it gets all of these things. I
2: feel like he's the only child. Quit messing with your cats. They're chewing on my microphone and belongings. Uh, You wanted it that way. I don't want them to swallow foam. Little nibble. Do you think she needs to, so they don't live near these in-laws, and she's saying that she has phone calls with the mother-in-law. Does she really need to be getting on the phone with her mother-in-law? You don't, and I really believe, like, I love my
1: in-laws, but, like, I deal with my mom's stuff and Noah deals with his mom's stuff. And of course I love them, but like it's, these are your parents. These are your your husband's parents. So you can just mute it. You can just say hi and then pop off, pop, like hop off the call. Yeah. Sometimes if you just kind of start putting up that wall and then they're like, what's wrong? And be like, nothing. Oh, I'm just like super busy. I think that there's a way that you can distance yourself. If you only have to visit them twice a year, it's not the worst thing in the world, but we spent Spent a lot of time on the question. Those are the things that I think. I think there's something else going on here and she may not be getting it from her son and she may not be getting, think about for a second, like what if this is a woman that like is feeling kind of unseen and ignored and like this is, she's just like emoting. I think it's worth saying to her, like I just wanted to check in on what's going on. If she gets offended at that, then you are more than free to like distance yourself. But I think something else is going on. Okay. I'm busy. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to Factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code ELIZA50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code ELIZA50 at Factormeals.com slash ELIZA50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. synthetic pesticides formaldehyde i bet you didn't know that was in your sheets and their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to california king and bowl and branch has a 30 night worry-free guarantee which means you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month and if you don't love them for any reason you can send them right back with free returns on all u.s orders sleep better with the softest most breathable bedding from bowl and branch go to bowlandbranch.com eliza for 15 percent off your first sheet set. Plus free shipping. That's Boland Branch, B O L L A N D Branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe, For the long haul, without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops. Hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Okay. Hello. Sorry, Noah had Sierra outside and he was like waving and like I don't want to ignore my daughter, but it's really hard to like wave and smile and talk <laughs> at your and baby. give hot and give hot takes. Yeah. They're gone now.
2: Hello beautiful ladies. I'm a 35-year-old mother of a 3-year-old and a substance abuse counselor. I'm currently in a very weird situation that I feel I need some insight and wisdom in. I met my current partner at work. He is a 56-year-old male 5 years ago. Oh, okay, I met him five years ago. He's a 56-year-old male. Yes, I know, daddy issues. Maybe, but that's not what I'm here for. I'm here because we also (laughs) had an unexpected baby who is now four. He is the sweetest unexpected thing, considering I was not planning on having children. My partner and I have an amazing sex life, insert joke here, but our connection outside of that is completely non-existent. I'm ignored, and his two grown daughters, 22 and 20, have top priority in most situations. However, His family is wonderful in most situations and supportive, considering I have a pretty rocky relationship with mine. Our love languages are very different, and I sometimes feel like he puts no effort in making a connection with me. Our conversations always seem to be basic and like small talk. My partner has been willing to go to counseling, but attended one or two, and we never followed up due to me being the only one putting effort into scheduling the appointments." Anytime that I bring up how I'm feeling or how I need more affection, he says, I'm just not that type of guy, which pretty much tells me he is not willing to work on those things. However, our son is very happy and getting a life that I never had. And in this current market, it's scary thinking of venturing out on my own when I have a good life on paper and my son is well cared for. Should I stay in what I feel is a one-way relationship or should I do what it takes to make it on my own despite the impact that I might have on my son and my partner who feels like we have a good relationship?
1: I cannot tell you. Like, just leave and figure it out. You have a kid, you have your own life, it's all complicated. But I will say, this will, these cracks will get bigger and bigger. Women need an emotional connection in a way that men don't. Um, don't get all upset. You don't have to be like, I'm a sensitive guy and I need to connect. For sure. But like chemically, women can become to can become attracted to men who are older or less attractive or whatever, if they are attentive and sweet and kind. These are the things that you're missing. And these are, he's filling in. I don't care about the daddy issues thing, you know. Um, These are things that he's filling in for whatever you lacked growing up. And that's all okay. I don't care about the age thing. But I think you will arrive at your conclusion about leaving him at some point if he's unwilling to try. Because you deserve to feel seen. And you deserve—no you. No woman should have to stay with someone who, like, doesn't fully do it for her. I wish it were the other way. I wish he was the sweetest, kindest, most supportive guy, and, like, the sex was okay. Because sex eventually does fizzle out anyway. And especially at that age, like, he kind of, like, is who he is. And you don't want to give him an ultimatum, but this needs—you need to sit down and weigh out. Can I do it on my own? Like, will this rip it apart? Do I want to meet someone that fulfills all parts of me? You have to decide for yourself how important that is. There is the version where you suck it up and you complain to him and you guys just have great sex, but it sounds like he's getting what he wants. Accidentally had a baby, so he's trying to be a good dad. This whole thing seems like it's predicated on an accident. You're probably together because of the kid. And that's very sweet, but... Your kid will feel that tension if you feel unseen in your relationship. So I can't tell you to leave him, but I can tell you it's worth the old college try. And I also can tell you that eventually these things will bubble over. It, or be super suppressed and you'll get very weird and you'll cry on the phone to your in-laws.
2: It sounded though like he was going to the um, therapy and... could participating in it, but the issue was just the literally scheduling the appointments. So I would revisit that. Was it that he just was like, that was he, when he was in therapy, was he contributing? Was it just that He's 56 he year old guy? He's probably not like jumping
1: on, probably not jumping on that outlook. Yeah. You might have to do it. Women tend to have to do those things. No one's jazzed about going to therapy. And also there's going and there's going. There's like, yep, I'll go through these motions, whatever. I don't want to rock the boat. And also I think you need to be clear to him about like what you want to get out of this. You can't force him to be like, I want to talk about the things you want to talk about, but your issue is that you're not connecting. Like he's not your friend. That's the tough part. He is your 56 year old lover, which is super hot and cool. But since you're building a life together, you need a best friend. You need to feel seen. This is very important for women. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. I'm always like, no, you're my best friend. I know that we have sex with other people and we sleep in separate beds, but you're my best friend.
2: Do you think you're Noah's best friend?
1: Fucking better be. Better not be you, Ray, or Kevy <laughs> or Tad. Back off. Hello. I am Noah's best friend, but I will tell you, I know my limits. Like we had, and we're going to talk about this later, Noah's big cookbook launch party last night. It was so at lovely. Aquarium? We had the aquarium and then we did another event at a cafe and Noah was like, we're going out after. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go home. And he was like, you don't want to come out? I was like, I have no interest in like hanging out with you and your friends and like dissecting the long goodbye and drinking whiskey at a Korean pub. But thank you so much. You guys have a great night. And like 15 people went. And I was like, it was important for me to go home and check my phone for three hours. And be with your child. And, and go to, well, she was sleeping, but like... <laughs> it's okay to be in love with someone and have them be your best friend and you're like, your good time is not always my good time. I don't want him to come with me and Jamie and Jody while we talk 800 miles an hour and drink (laughs) vodka sodas. Like you're allowed to have your own time.
2: Yeah, wait, that trio, you guys are all quick.
1: It's fast. It's It's a lot of Jamie just like giggling and her head going back and me and Jody just like tagging every joke. It's not a chill hang, but those are my friends.
2: (laughs) Hello, Eliza, Emily, and of course, Hot Scotty. I'm a 23 male living with my girlfriend who is a 22 female. We moved in together at the beginning of last summer. We moved in together because it would be easier to afford an apartment where we live, and we wanted to try living together. We've been together for about 18 months when we moved in. Since then, the situation has devolved a bit. We're arguing more, and all of our little living habits get on each other's nerves. In the last two months, we've both taken jobs that pay more and align with our own personal interests. We've also come to the reality that living together was an aggressive step that our relationship wasn't ready for. With her job being over two hours from my job and both of us making enough money to live independent of one another, we've decided to live separately again when our lease is up. Since we've made this decision, we've started telling our friends and family, every time we explain that we aren't breaking up and that we love each other very much, we just want unweight in our relationship and go back to being young people pursuing their careers, people judge and make snarky comments. Even our couple friends who also hate living together and refuse to have an honest conversation with each other give us judgment and question our loyalty to one another. My question is, how do I explain this to people? Is it even worth it? I understand it's unconventional, but we are happy with the decision and think it makes sense for us. P.S. This podcast makes my week and the episode you recorded with your father over the holiday was great. I thought it was sweet to hear the two of you banter over these problems.
1: I love that. So your question isn't about like, are we going to break up? You're like, how do we tell people? I mean, it's all in the way you tell it. You literally can be like, yeah, we're going to do separate apartments and we're not interested in anyone's feedback. I think, you didn't ask me for this, and you might stop listening to the podcast because of this, but I think what's bothering you is that deep, deep, deep down, subconsciously, you're like, I think they might be right. I'm sure that it does happen where people move in together for a reason, they move back out. But if you're going to be in a relationship, eventually you will have to cohabitate. Uh, And you've already been dating for 18 months. And so I think part of you is like, no, we can do it. We've got this. Like we figured it out. It is unorthodox. Um, So that's just the thing that I had to put out there. And I'm sorry if it upsets you. But if you're talking about how to tell people, you know, you could say it was a financial thing. We both just really love our own space. You also, the issue is, and this is odd coming from a man. And I love that you're a fan of the show. That you are bothered by their responses. Typically, it's a girl who's like, there's a p- I'm getting all this feedback. It's upsetting me. And men tend to be like, well, this is what I'm doing. Not thinking twice about it. So I think you should look at the fact that it does bother you. Because if you were going to donate $100 to a charity and people were like, oh, but there's other charities you could donate it to, you'd be like, okay, well, this is what I'm doing. Like, get a life. So I think it's the fact that it does bother you that you might want to take a
2: look at. Right. Are you never going to move in together? I mean, it's valid. You guys could just date forever, have your own places. You know, that's fine. But yeah, you're not following the typical trajectory, which is what people are judging you on. And you have to be okay with that.
1: Yeah. I mean, also you're 23. You dated for 18 months. Like that is a long time, but in 23 year old years, like it isn't. So you may have sped it up way too fast and you weren't done having your own places, being young, having fun. So there is a version where you reverse time. Mm-hmm. um but yeah it's a it's unorthodox, please stay. We need the men. We only have three. <laughs> Scott's one of them.
0: yeah,
2: I keep listening, but hey, you make enough now to have your own places. That's nice, yeah, good, good for, for you. you. <laughs> Okay.
1: We, we find out if they bought the places in the same apartment building.
2: <laughs> like, I need my space. We're next, we share a wall. That actually would be a dream. I mean, they have such a good excuse. One of them got a job two hours away. Like it is what it is. Like that's. Oh, that's your excuse. That's, be like, what do you want from us? Yeah. Sorry. I, I didn't hear that part. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, uh, but if that is, that is such a good excuse. So why are people not understanding that?
2: People are just judgmental. That's to
1: me. But I'm saying that's so cut and dry. Like she got an hour, two hours away. So she's going to move out. We're going to try it that way. Yeah. Or are you saying like, and we'll just try it that way forever. It's not like, and we'll see. I just think something's going on. That's the name of the podcast. Something's going on.
2: (laughs) Okay. We have a follow-up, but not from the question asker, but I think it was interesting and could help them. So they wrote in about the question from a woman who was taking care of her mother or mother-in-law from 2014 and now. I also live in Portland, Oregon, and I'm a palliative care nurse. So remember, it was a mother that didn't want to be put elsewhere. She wanted to keep living with her daughter. And the daughter was She's been was living with her daughter.
1: For those of you that skip episodes, she's been living with her daughter since 2014. It's now 2023, and the daughter's married. And her wife is obviously the most patient person in the world. And she's like, I want to put her in her home. In a home she doesn't want to go. Yeah. Yeah. She's so living with us.
2: Okay. this nice person said... There is a wide range of care facilities from the gross kind you see on TV or movies where people are mistreated and they're dirty and it's sad. And then there are really nice ones that are like a resort. When a patient is on hospice, the federal government steps in and pays for 95% of the services, whether it's in the home or at a facility. So then the daughter can go back to being a daughter and have paid professionals care for her mom. If I were her, I would try to find a palliative care provider. She can email me here. So, question to ask her if you want to email, Aww. I can connect you to. If she wants, I can help her just ask the mom's primary care doctor and work with her to get her into hospice. Some people are afraid of the word hospice, thinking it means they're literally dying within minutes if they go on to it. However, it's really just a way to categorize people with chronic illness that cannot be cured. It's a system you've been paying into for a lifetime. I think that's very helpful. Now, can I guarantee the validity of all this? No, but I trust this palliative care nurse practitioner. (laughs) I mean, also caveat, mTOR. So whoever the caller,
1: the caller, the writer in was, you know, you can Google this woman, but I feel like my fans tend to be pretty earnest and honest and kind and giving. That is incredibly cool. And I love, I love that somebody reached out for that. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, I think that that is really helpful. And somebody else Emily, actually could you
1: just could you just send that email to the person that wrote in? Do you have yeah. that? Yeah,
2: I'll just Maybe forward I'll it to that. her. There we go. I'll forward it to Love
1: her. Love that. Yeah. That being said, this is not a Craigslist. We cannot do this free of charge. So, uh, like, subscribe, help us make more money, and then we can help connect you guys.
2: <laughs> this is not where this is not where you make your money. <laughs>
1: No, but you know, it it cannot become a place where it's like a miss, like you were on the subway, you wrote a love question in and I happen to like weirdos. So can you, so you can't be connected to it? but that's, that's cool. That's cool.
2: And then somebody else actually wrote in about another program. So I will forward that to our question asker as well. People have a lot of options. Uh, I think there's just always, there's always options basically. Always options. All right. Getting answers. I love that. Dear Eliza. My now ex-fiancé and I broke up a month ago. We dated for 10 years. He was giving me silent treatments and had anger issues lately and refused to continue going to therapy. So we decided to end things and stay as roommates until our lease ends at the end of March. I don't have any family or close friends nearby, so this would give me time to explore other states as I'm over the Illinois winters and have been wanting to move for a while. However, he's recently started living his best single life grooming himself, buying new clothes, and going out on weekends, which makes me really uncomfortable and sad. I have a feeling that he's hooking up or dating someone new, so I don't know if I can stick around for two months and see that. Because I'm unable to drive and also want warmer weather, my research to find a new state is taking me a while. Should I just move to Chicago from the suburbs one hour away for a year until I figure out where to go? It would also be an easier and faster move, but still dealing with the cold or flip a coin and choose any random warmer state or continue researching destroyed while I see him living his best life. I'm desperate to move on, but it's so hard living under the same roof. What would Eliza do? Thank you. Giselle. Eliza would,
1: Eliza wants to know why you don't drive <laughs>
2: because
1: that's like pack up your coat, pack up your shorts and just go. Uh, I don't, you don't need to research states that are warmer. I can tell you a when lot of the public states- Public transport. Arizona, <laughs> Denver, I'm sorry, Utah has like a rail system. You know, I, I think this is, if your criteria for where should I go is what's warm that has a bus, uh, there's a lot of places you could go. But what's definitely not healthy, it, I mean, you might be doing it to make you jealous, but- is living like that. It's really shitty that he like couldn't just hold a beat after 10 years, but it sounds like he was like over the relationship. Get out of that house. Get out, never look back. I would think about what you do for a living because I don't really have any context clues here. What's the kind of life you want to live? Do not accept a different life just because it's different. Take a step toward what you want. Do you like, do you need to be near water? Do you do a job that There's one city that's known for it. You could also move to Chicago just for a little bit and get yourself situated and then move again. But you should get out of there if you have the resources. But this research shouldn't take that long. Like the answer was Florida. See you then. But think about building a life that you are excited about, not one that's just devoid of him.
2: Right, right and now. The good news.
1: Every, every state's going to be really warm in a couple of years. So, world's your oyster, your hot cooked oyster. Ugh. It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet while well, introducing newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. And they have fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus, the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable and it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at ninety eight dollars a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get twenty dollars off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code Eliza twenty. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y dot com. That's newly with two u's and enter the code Eliza twenty and sign up to get twenty dollars off your first month. That's n u u l y dot com. Newly with two u's with code Eliza twenty. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes.
0: There are over seventy five million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France, which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mère and mère somehow being different words. To be, it's more popular than being French. See you in there.
2: All right. This subject line is baby making question. Dear Eliza, I saw you in Atlantic City this past summer and you killed it like usual. My husband and I were a few people behind a girl whose boyfriend was there with another girl. Oh, behind the girl whose boyfriend was there with another girl and the whole situation was crazy. I wonder how she's doing. Yes. That's an update we that. need. Also, yeah. I'm a teacher with a master's degree. Thank you for what you said about teachers in a previous episode. It's nice when people notice how many hats we have to wear. I think that's when you said they also need to have like, like no karate. physical training. Yeah. Here's my question. I'm about to turn 35, got married last year, and my husband and I have just started the process of trying to have a baby. I'm someone who researches everything I do and want to do everything perfectly. However, besides timing sex and ovulation test kits, it's been difficult for me to let go of not having full control of the process. Last month, I was taking pregnancy tests way too early and thinking every PMS symptom I was having could mean I was pregnant. The rational side of me knows this is ridiculous and I need to relax but I'm so concerned with being older and running out of time. I was wondering if you had any advice on trying to have a baby in your mid to late 30s and not getting consumed by the stress of it all. I deeply want to have children, and I'm so worried I'm starting too late. I know women are having babies later in life, but I don't know how to silence my stress and just enjoy the process. Thank you, and I promise to update if slash when we conceive. Christina, she's going to email us as as the baby is implanted.
1: As it's coming out, she'll be like, I
2: did it. Christina, don't, it's not enjoyable.
1: It's not enjoyable. None of this is enjoyable. It's stressful. And this thing where it's like, just relax and go away on a weekend. You're like, cool. And can I think about having a baby the whole time? Mm -hmm. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. Going to the doctor is not enjoyable. Ovulation kits are not enjoyable. Wondering if you're, none of it is fun. However, one thing you could do just to give yourself a little, because just to give yourself a little bit of peace of mind is go to see a fertility specialist And get an egg count. Mm. Because I when I was like, okay, I want to get pregnant, I went. And she was like, you have time. She was like, if you want to have a baseball team, then we need to have another conversation. So, but you're okay. So you might go. And she might say like, oh, this is very low. Which I don't think at 34, 35, it needs to be that low. I'm not a doctor. She might say, this is very low. Like, this is like code red. Or she might be like, you've got some time. And that might help sort of assuage some of your fears. Um, And just realizing like these things do take time. They do happen randomly, but you should also remember that stress is bad for your physical health and for the baby. So maybe it's meditating um, and realizing, okay, I ovulate. Like this is the chance where I could get pregnant and not worrying about it the rest of the time. There's only so much you can do. And then there are people that do everything and they still don't get pregnant, and then one day it just happens. So, if there's anything in your life, I mean, you can control some things, you can control hormones and doctor's visits, but if this, if there were any, if there were any ever a time to just give yourself over to what the universe has in store, while still like seeking medical professional help, this would be it. But nobody likes the lady who's stressed about getting pregnant you will become a bad partner to your husband. You will be a pain in the ass to your friends and it will not create a good environment for getting pregnant. So that's all I can tell you. Buy yourself some time and then just remember that the universe has something in store for you. And it might be a miscarriage, but that's okay too because we all have them, baby. You'll be okay.
2: I'm just being honest. Whatever. I know, which is amazing. You're like, the, you know what the universe might have in store for you? A miscarriage. It might, I it's guess. Out it 10 could 10 have chance. a lot of things. Is it I'm just saying like, I
1: remember, I remember when we first started, you know, a couple of years ago, You say started, you know, I got pregnant right away, had the miscarriage. Then I went on my journey and found out about the polyp. Noah was always calm and he was like, we're on the path. You're on the path. You're mm-hmm. doing it. With every step you take, you're one step closer to the outcome that you would like to get. I doubt that it's going to be, oh, you just can't. But wouldn't you like to know now? Like, what if there was 0% chance? Then at least you don't have to kill yourself over all this. But he would always say, like, we're on the path. We're just, we're doing exactly what we should be doing. Luckily, it does take time. You know, it can't just happen. I mean, I guess it does happen overnight. But
2: just give it a beat. Mm Mm-hmm. Eliza, baby arm, actual baby, snowiest husky. is shout out to the mysterious Scott of Hot. We forget you not. I have been in Scott. Nope. Scott, <laughs> Scott, say something.
1: I've literally been standing here the whole time. Yeah, that was Scotty.
2: Scotty, I have been an avid listener of the pod from the start, have seen all your Netflix specials a zillion times. When I saw you live in Stockholm in 2021, I was on a high for a week after saying hi to you in the meet and greet. I just received my copy of All Things Aside and can't wait to grow wiser from reading it. Oh, boy. Tuck. I, female 36, am in love with my best friend, male 41. We'll call him James. We've known each other for the better part of a decade but live in different cities about three hours away by train. We are both competitive within the same sport and see each other at events regularly. He's been together with the same woman on and off for about eight years, while I've been in a couple long-term relationships in that time. We have grown very close over the years and confide in one another about relationship issues, life, hopes, everything. He has not been happy in his relationship for a long time now, And it hurts to watch him work so hard for something he clearly really wanted and be so miserable. For about the past five years, we have hooked up sporadically whenever we are both single. Nothing changed about our friendship, and we were both happy being friends with benefits. I always knew whenever him and his girlfriend were on a break that they would get back together. So I don't think I ever allowed myself to feel anything for him beyond the kind of love you feel for a friend. Plus, I was always committed in my own relationships while they lasted. This this is
1: very progressive.
2: (laughs) I I know. And when you are single, then I will have sex with you.
1: And when you are together, we will not. We will become (laughs) friends as always.
2: Fast forward to this past weekend where we met at another event for the first time in over a year. And he tells me him and his girlfriend broke up again, but this time for good. I'm also currently single after ending my last relationship this past autumn. Needless to say, James and I hooked up again, but it felt very different this time. Everything about how we interacted was more intimate and vulnerable. We both acknowledge the change in dynamic and have decided to try dating. He seems very enthusiastic about it and is making lots of plans for things for us to do together this coming spring. We talk daily and we'll meet up again at another event this coming weekend. Over the past week of digging deep, I've realized that I've always had feelings for James, which I've repressed. And now that I might have a real chance with him, I'm terrified of getting hurt. There is always a chance of him going back to his ex, which if he did, I would support as I only want him to be happy, but it would crush me. She comes up often in conversation, which makes sense. After eight years, you don't just get over someone. I respect it takes time, but it makes me feel like I'm possibly being foolish by allowing myself to feel something for him when he's so newly single. I'd rather have him as a friend than not at all. I'm looking for advice from you, Eliza, as someone who's married, wise, realistic, and always honest on how to proceed. Should I be brave and go for it or step back and give him time to really get over his ex and try again later? But what if you meet someone else in that time and I lose my chance? We want the same things in life and I don't want to waste any more time with other guys. I don't know if we'll get another window like this, especially at this age. Help. Thank you so much for any insight. By the way, you've helped me solve countless other conundrums in my life through advice you've given to other listeners. yes. That's why we do it. And I feel like I've grown up a lot from your lessons. You are literally the smartest person on earth. Please come back to Sweden soon. Sincerely, Sleepless in Stockholm. My God. Love that you said Sleepless in Stockholm. That's That's so cute. cute.
1: Yeah, I was looking up. I was trying to say something in Swedish, but I couldn't get my Google Translate to load. So, (laughs) sorry. Um, Sorry. Sorry. Sorry in Swedish. I've never had a question like this. But, and what's unique about your question is that you're like, and if he went back to her, I would fully support him um, after he cucked me. <laughs> no, after, that's it's an American thing. I would support him. You don't really hear that because I wasn't expecting you to say that. I think you are fooling yourself a little bit because you're kind of going down the path of, okay, we're dating now. This is different. Like we're kind of date, trying to date. And if he was like, look, I can't, I got to go back to her. I think you would not want to be his friend. I think that would be very hard. You would be very hurt. I believe after all this time, I actually think what you should do is a combination of both things you said. Because he doesn't know how he's going to feel. You guys might start dating and you're just not compatible and it doesn't work. You can't say to him, like, do you promise you won't go back to her? Do you promise you'll have feelings for me? But this isn't about her. And, and I don't like that you're like, if I lose my chance, if he likes you, he should also want to give it some space, give it a beat. So I think there's a version where you can be dating, but also he has to be cognizant of the fact that he might need some time apart. Or they were dating and it had fizzled out anyway. I mean, he always talked about it to me, how much it wasn't working out. My vote is go forth, lay it on the line. Tell him, your fears, give him your heart. And if he doesn't treasure it, like it does, this sounds so cheesy. I sound like a Christian greeting card, but like if he doesn't treasure that, then this guy should definitely not be in your life and he shouldn't be your friend. And I think you have to take this next step. Like he, you know, he's a great friend, but like, what's he like in a relationship? He may not be that great in a relationship or it might take dating him to realize you thought you loved him, but you don't. But there's kind of no going back at this point. You've already slept together. You've already been in and out of stuff. You can ask him to keep your feelings in mind and respect you. He also may, what if, ask him, like maybe he just kept going back to her because he didn't think you were interested. It's very progressive that you slept together and like nothing changed. You need to figure this out for yourself. Otherwise you'll kick yourself that you never tried. But he should be respectful of your heart and this process. And if he can't, then that's not the guy for you. But don't worry about missing your chance He's not, you're the catch too. He should be worried about skip about missing you. What does dating look like when you're three hours away? Do you just see each other as frequently as you would at your shrimping events? Whatever did you guys do? So there's like this sport they do in Denmark where you like jump off a pier and you have to make your body look like a shrimp and then dive in the water. I saw it on like some like weird sports network at like two in the morning in another country. Okay, so- that's my thing. You've come too far. You can't go back. you got to lay it out. You've got to see this through. Otherwise, you'll kick yourself. You might get into it and realize he's not that great. Or it might be incredible. Or he may have loved you all along. I hope he has. Sincerely,
2: me. How good can a relationship be with someone that you are on and off with over eight years? Like, There's no way the relationship between him and that woman was so like strong when they were on feels- and off so many times.
1: Very Euro casual.
2: Uh, maybe. It, it's
1: very progressive. Like sometimes we are together and sometimes we are not. I'm making you sound German, you know? Um, I'm like, that's cool too. But what if he was dating her, waiting for you this whole time? Talk this out. You need to get it all out. And that way you know where you stand because you've come so far. You've come so far.
2: Yeah. Swedish. Hello to Eliza, Emily, and your crew of various infants, domesticated woodland creatures, and aesthetically pleasing sound spirits. I hope this email finds you well and in a mood to deal with my various spelling, formatting, grammatical errors. I have a family issue I'd like to get your take on. Tonal shift. Thomas, 35, male, heterosexual, black, artist, North Carolina. We can find you now. This is the least anonymous question. Yeah, Thomas. I I only don't have your social security number. Great. I am adopted. I've known since I was two, so I've had my entire life to adjust to all the emotions that come with that. It was a closed adoption, so i know nothing about my parents other than their ages, which I didn't bother to remember, and where I was born. When I turned 18, I could request the file to be opened, but it was work, so I didn't care. My family's been great to me, so I've never felt like I missed anything. And after my mom passed in 2013, I lost what little interest I had in finding my bio family. Fast forward to 2021. While I had no interest in finding my parents, it's something my girlfriend was fascinated by as her family has a missing member that they recently found. So she took the step of getting me an ancestry kit for my birthday. After I mailed my spit to strangers and they did their wizardry, turns out I have a sister, same father, different mothers. She too was adopted, so I don't have any information on my parents' But I have to admit, I was far more excited than I expected when I got the news. Yeah. I say all that to say, we still haven't met. We exchanged numbers and made a plan to get together last year. But I live in Charlotte and she lives in Raleigh. A performer I like had a show, moved to Raleigh from Charlotte. So I felt like it was the universe giving me a sign for us to meet. I bought a table so she could bring someone to kind of be a smoother and got a hotel for the weekend because I was really looking forward to making this connection. Cut to the week before the show and she backs out completely. Doesn't even make some time where we could meet since I'm driving three hours to see this show specifically to see it with her. There has been basically no communication from her. For all I know, she died. Should I keep reaching out to this person who's basically a stranger that happens to be my sister? I can't lie. It brings up some of those abandoned feelings I spent so much time working Aww. through. Is it worth more effort? Handsome spirits bless Thomas. Thomas?
1: Thomas? It absolutely is worth the effort, because this is a journey that you're on. This isn't really about her. however, you can only reach out so much. so that was shitty. she's probably embarrassed, probably got cold feet, and it's tough because you don't live in the same city, so it does require effort. Um I would definitely reach out again and be and just lay it all out there, be like i would I don't want anything from you. I would absolutely love to make the effort just to meet you. I'm sure I have questions, you have questions but if you truly want me to leave you alone, I will. Like give her the option to say like, no, you're right. Or like, yeah, I really don't want to talk to you. But I do think it's worth, because you're going to think about this forever.
2: Yeah. If you
1: don't follow through with it. And so if anything, you had something to lose. You know, you bought that hotel and you were making the effort and that's shitty she did that. But I guess I can't blame her for being nervous, but it's not about her. It's about how you're going to feel and you have questions and you deserve to
2: see if your sister's a piece of shit and just meet her. Right. It'll just because your sister doesn't mean she'll be a good person, but I do think it's worthwhile to— What do you think, Eliza? Do you think you should be honest and be like, look, hey, you backed out. That's fine. It hurt my feelings a little bit. Do you want to get together? Like, just lay the cards on the table or keep kind of playing around? Like, be like, hey, are you free again? Or just be like, hey, look, you backed out. Let's, I don't, let's make plans. I mean— I. <sighs> I don't know that you need to put
1: that on her. Like hurt my feelings. She'll be like, I don't know you. Like, you don't know her life. You don't know what she's dealing with. I think it's worth just being like, hey, I know it didn't work out last time. I don't know if you were nervous or things just didn't work out. Whatever your reason, it's personal to you. Like give her that grace and just be like, I am reaching out again. However, if I'm bothering you, feel free to tell me. I certainly don't want to be a burden. It would just, I would love to, like just say what you would like. Mm Mm-hmm. And then just see what she says. You'll get your answer in that.
2: Yeah. Maybe even share how excited you were that you were like not looking for your bio family and then you found out you had a sister and we're just pumped.
1: Do it. Can you, and be like, could you do a Zoom? Like, would that make it more comfortable? Yeah. Like maybe just like dip your toe in. Does it have to be a full, we're going, I'm seeing you. Like, let's do a Zoom just to prove to you that I do look like you and I'm not a crazy person and I don't want anything from you. Right, yeah. If she can't commit to that, then, then you know
2: she doesn't want to meet you. Right. And she so might come around in her own time, but yeah. Yes. Leave the door open and she can close it if she wants. No. Okay. Hello, everyone. I listen to podcasts every week, but this is my first time setting in a question. I'm planning a trip to California in May with my boyfriend to celebrate my 40th birthday, Elder Millennials Woo. Unite. I live in the UK and this will be my first time in California. We plan to visit LA for a few days. Eliza, as a resident of LA, is there a place or thing you'd recommend as a must see, eat or do in LA for visitors? Thank you, Lizzie. So this is someone from the UK, 40th birthday. What should she do?
1: So I don't know anything about you, but I will tell you, Los Angeles is a massive city. It's very spread out. Um, It's not like London or New York where we have great public transportation and it's all hyper concentrated. So, I don't know what you're into, and so I'm trying to think of things that you definitely don't have in the UK. I know that you have access to beaches. Obviously, it's a different ocean. The Pacific Ocean is much more swimmable. Maybe you could go to Malibu and take a beautiful hike at the Corral State Beach. It's a Corral Canyon Park, sorry. It is an incredible view. You could shoot a movie there. There's almost no one there ever. And then you could go for, like, fresh seafood at, like, the Real Inn or, like, one of those beach shacks where the... Seafood is super fresh. There's also K-Town. Los Angeles is home to the largest populations of Korean outside of Seoul. So you could go to K-Town and do like fun drinks and fun Korean barbecue. They've got karaoke, stuff like that. And it's kind of a cool thing to see, just the whole town. Everything's in Korean. Definitely hit up a taco truck. I would definitely look up on like Eater or something, which one. Not all taco trucks are equal. Um, trying to think. I don't know like what kind of, like it's obviously like the tourist stuff of like Universal City Walk, Disneyland. But remember like these things are always spread super far out. Malibu tends to be like a very Instagrammy LA vibe. And then, I mean, Hollywood's just kind of dingy, but whatever you do, spend the money for a nice hotel. If you stay on Sunset, just know other than the comedy store, like you're probably not going to go to any of those clubs. I think pound for pound, the most LA vibe is probably like Santa Monica, Venice, Malibu, just like up that coast is probably like the most distilled type of LA that you want if you're a tourist. Um, and so those are, those are my votes. Yeah. We have outstanding food here. From so, we have, We're such a diverse city. So you can definitely have incredible sushi. Uh, you can definitely have incredible Korean food. Incredible, not only Mexican, but like Central American food as well. It just depends on where you go. So I guess those are some of my answers. That big hike is a fun one and then there's like cute shopping but I don't know what you're into and downtown LA is up and coming so wherever you stay make sure that the things you want to do are around where you stay because the city is a schlep that's what I will tell you
2: usually when people visit they're like oh I'm going to be doing this and then I'm like I can't come see you there it's two hours away by car
1: I would also pick a hotel that has like a really nice pool because you might not want to leave one day you might just want to chill out so look into that Uh Uh, but yeah Top of the cop. Top of the cop. It's the top of the cop. We're doing it right every day you just take a bite top of the cob i know i'm going to come up with so many cool things that i should have said earlier but yeah just real quick like that is my advice is like pick the hotel in the area ta- tailored to the things you like to do weirdly la is walkable but nobody walks here and if you do we're going to know you're a tourist stay
2: away from hollywood and highland okay don't walk Actually, there i don't walk on hollywood boulevard do not walk there <laughs> The answer to your question should
1: be what you shouldn't be doing. And what you shouldn't be doing, unless you're into like uh, the Minions ride, is like Universal City Walk. Do not end up on Hollywood and Highland. Do not go see the Walk of Fame. And if you do, like get to Miller Monroe's, star, take a picture, leave. You People will know you're a tourist. It is just a gigantic outdoor mall. That is shitty. Of course, you can walk around Beverly Hills, but I'm pretty sure they have high-end shopping in London. And that's that's the thing. And And be careful because- it's really pretty here. We do have a lot of homeless people and uh, a lot of our city is a total armpit. So be specific about where you want to go because it gets real gritty real fast. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Top of the cob. Here we go. Top of the cob. My top of the cob is, and I Instagrammed about this the other day. My top of the cob is a personal moment and it is the moment I get home from doing sets in LA. So it's like a nine o'clock spot at the store. It's coming home. Usually Noah will be in bed, be like 9.30 or 10, uh, like on a weekday. And it's this like half hour I get where everybody's asleep. The kitchen is dim and I come into the kitchen and I sort of unwind from the night and I check my phone and I eat like a pint of ice cream and I have like a spin drift or I drink water and I just get like a couple of moments to myself with my phone after like an awesome night of shows. And there's like still some energy on me, and it's just like a nice little private ritual that I like.
2: My top of the cob, or is that
1: those quiet moments yourself?
2: My top of the cob is kind of this podcast in that I was, you know, last week you recorded with Noah, so I was not there, so I listened to it after it was recorded. And just even the first five minutes, you two were so funny, like when you were just talking about how you were BFFs and you wouldn't call each other buddy. And it was just, I was like, God, this podcast is really funny. And when I'm on the podcast and I listen to it eight times for quality control, I'm not like, sometimes yeah. I'll text you because I'll, you're just, obviously you're so funny and I'll be like, oh, but it's so different when you're not in the conversation. I was like, God, this is such a nice podcast to listen to. So oh my God, you're Emily. doing good work. Thank you. That's really sweet. Thank you.
1: I love that. He was a great guest.
2: He was. The show you was guys better without fun. you. Just kidding. I mean, well, okay. When he said, when he no. was like, I'm so glad my PR could book this. Like he was just, you two just have such a chemistry. Just like you and your dad where I was like, this is a nice change of pace.
1: <laughs> That's sweet. I like that. I like our pod. Thank you. My bottom of the cob is I have to sue my Volvo dealership. <gasps> I've never sued anyone in my life. Are you allowed
2: to say that on this podcast?
1: <laughs> I think so. Basically, I lease this Volvo, this really nice XC60. And it has been in the shop. I've had this car for like a year and it's been in the shop like a total of like 26 days, if not more. And I just think for, it's like a 2022, it's a brand new car. And it's not like, oh, I didn't change the oil. It's like, oh, you're missing a computer part. Oh, the main computer died. Like all of this stuff. One time it was in there for like, 15 days. And I just think, especially f- for a lease, you know, you're paying by month. You want to be able to use the car. Right. The reason I'm having to do it this way is because could not get someone on the phone. Called multiple times over multiple days. And the people who work there like think it's funny. Like the woman answering the phone, I would ask to speak to the guy I needed to get to. She'd be like, one second and just kept transferring me full well knowing he wasn't in the office. Like there was no, oh, they're out. One time I called a few times and finally she went, you know, we're closed today. Like it was like a joke to them. And I get that I'm a woman calling your car dealership and that automatically makes me a bitch, but I pay for this car and anybody that you should be getting what you pay for and it should not be in the, not only, it was compounded by how aggressively horrible their service was All they ever had to do was pick up the phone and be like, hey, we're going to try to replace this or let's take some money off of the month that you didn't get to use your car. But instead, they just would not answer the phone and they were aggressively incompetent and it was deliberate. And uh, it didn't have to be this way. Like all you had to do was treat a customer, a paying customer like a person. And so I had to like get a lemon lawyer to prove and there are laws around this. Like your car's a lemon I shouldn't have to, this shouldn't be the way it is. I should, I came, I went to a quality car manufacturer for a quality vehicle and it shouldn't be like jokes on you because nobody will answer your call. It's like, now I have to do it this way.
2: Right, if they had said- It's just there not is cool. a, There's a short, the, there's been a chip problem for the last like two years, like the supply chain of chips. So they're actually now making cars that don't have all those same chips. Like they're, they could have said any of those things to you. You know what I mean? Like if they had given but you even- answers-
1: Literally, he could have answered me, called me back and just been like, hey, we are so sorry. We are dealing with-. like just a modicum of compassion. I would have been like, okay, right. hey, can you guys just like take a month off my lease or something? Like, I don't want to do any of this. I don't even want a new car. Right. Um, and it's just been so difficult just being put on hold for 10 minutes just to go to a voicemail or something that drops off and like it being funny to them. And even more annoying is that they had to come tow my car because it was completely dead after me not driving it for only eight days because I was out of town. And the guy that towed it, first of all, like knew I was a comedian and like, oh. fine, we're having a nice chat. And at the end of our interaction, when he like towed my car away, I, he was, I was like, is there anything else? He was like, just be happy. Ugh. Like, Like my frustration was like giving him the cue that like he should tell me to like lighten up. The guy towing my car was like, your battery's dead. So he jumped my battery and he's like, it should be fine. So and he's like, just driving around the block. I'm like, okay. I was like, I don't know. He goes, I've been having this problem with a lot of Volvos. You have to drive them. I go, that doesn't sound right. This is a really nice car. I should be able to go out of town without yeah. it being dead. And he was like, yeah, it just happens. And then they, I made him t- I go, could you please tow it in anyway? And then it turns out it had nothing to do with anything he said. So he was just like giving armchair advice because like I'm a girl who's like not smiling enough. So I-, I hate that it's coming to this. I tried DMing. Like I don't want special treatment. I just want to be acknowledged.
0: Mm-hmm. And it
1: really sucks that I have to feel this shitty about it. But I don't. You guys made this weird. And at any point in this process, if you want to just be cool and play ball and pick up the phone, you guys have my number. So
2: yeah. Not
1: going right? name names because they're in, <laughs> they're on the paperwork in my lawyer's office. <laughs>
2: My bottom of the comp is, uh, so a couple weeks ago when I was on the show, we talked about my cat's eye and my Munchausen, and guess we, what? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. What? My cat has diagnosed dry eyes and will need ointment twice a day for life because <laughs> we got a test done. And cats are supposed to produce 15 to 25 millimeters of tears on this test, and IELTS produces Five millimeters in each eye max. So her eyes are not producing enough fluid. And so she is on three medications twice a day for three weeks. And then we go down to just a tear ointment because she's not producing her own tears for life. We are losing listeners like <laughs> every I'm second dead. you keep the story <laughs> until, up. But it was a real thing until I'm dead. No, I- it's not. Chronic dry eye is not a thing. You're being
1: scammed. And by the way, when they gave you that diagnosis, I bet you were like, yes. Oh, I get to take care of you. No, because it's the one who doesn't like me that much. No way. You were like, can I? You're like, I did a test where I licked each eyeball and I said, <laughs> mommy feels like it's dry. And now I
2: get to spit in each eye just like disobedience. <laughs> you love it. <laughs> no, it's this one that doesn't really like me. This one in the back. That one. Is- they
1: both look like uncooked chicken tenders to me
2: <laughs> they were just sitting here sucking each other's butts while i'm trying to record it's chaos <sighs> that's my bottom of the cough. well you have built this
1: castle of dry cat eyes and i think you would like to be buried in it i think you i think you
2: love it do the no, cats like each other they love each other. They're, they're litter mates. They're siblings. They're little twins. They're in love. I'm a third wheel. They don't care about me at all. So I keep telling the one that likes me, tell your sister I'm cool, but I'm having to wrap up. Here's the worst thing about eye medication, okay? It's three eye meds twice a day. You can't do them all at once. So you wrap her up. You do a drop in each eye. You put her down. You wait five minutes. You wrap her up. You do it. You let her go. You wrap her up. And she's mad. She's unhappy. She's having a bad time. Everyone at my house is having a bad time at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. every day.
1: I thought about
2: emailing Scott
1: after to be like, can you just fade out her audio as she's telling that story? But then I'll, I was afraid listeners would think something was wrong.
2: Okay. Wait. We do need to also address that. Guys, we're getting a lot of messages from listeners and from Eliza. Uh, Apple Podcast is having a problem right now where I listen to podcasts, it'll suddenly jump and it'll sound like the yeah. thing got cut it does it, go back and it's fine I don't it's not our our files are good always DM us DM at Ask Eliza not us not Eliza if there's something wrong with the audio but there very rarely is almost all the time it's Apple Podcasts sucks so just FYI try skipping back and seeing what happens
1: and as we wrap up I do want to say you're hearing this on a Wednesday which means yesterday Noah's beautiful cookbook <gasps> the Don't Panic Pantry Cookbook came out. It is fully available to everyone. We had beautiful launch events last week. I'm so happy for him. So proud of this book. I'm not a chef, but for the first time, I feel like a chef because I'm excited that people are going to be cooking the food that we eat in our house. And uh, this book is super accessible. It makes cooking accessible. We talk about sustainability, why trying matters, all of these things. And building your pantry so that you can cook for yourself in a pinch. You don't have to settle for shitty takeout down the street that costs you a fortune. Get the Don't Panic Pantry cookbook. We're so proud of it. And Noah will be coming on a few stops uh, at some of my tour dates selling those books. So he'll be there. You can gaze upon his eyes. And remember, until next time, my cat's got a dry eye.